Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, ESPN 2 Series, XM Channel 80, your smart speakers, wherever communication exists. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. What a fun way to start the NFL season. Like, you can't script it much better than that. That game was so much fun to watch. Let me ask you this. Can we say this, Max, with 124 left to go in the fourth quarter? Oh, did everybody know, Key? Did you? I, I felt like I knew. I said, this game is over. We're gonna, yeah, it's over. We, yeah, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there right now. But I want to say this before anybody says anything. I love watching football around people. It's so funny when you get people – around you and everybody's asking what's going to happen and you can kind of say these are the things that's going to happen and you're looking at guys like Dak Prescott and watching his face and just saying, that, oh, my God, can Dak Prescott lead the Dallas Cowboys on a game-winning field goal? Yeah, he can. He can do it. What's going to happen? Is Amari Cooper going to show up? And then everybody start talking. You know how to go, Jay, when you're around all the different people mm-hmm. and everybody get excited about it. And it's like – yeah! You know, it was just like one of those deals, man. It was crazy, crazy, crazy last night watching that game. But the, oh, my there God. Were a lot I couldn't big, hear it, but it was good. There were a lot of big things that happened, like a lot of big questions answered. How was Dak going to look coming off of injury? Tom Brady, would father time ever catch up to him? What's Could the Dallas offensive line get the running game going? Could, well, could, could the Dallas defense stand up to, you know, before we get to the decision – to kick a field goal, and now Brady gets the ball back with over a minute left in the game. Key, what was your biggest takeaway last night? I guess it, I guess it would be, Max, that, that Dak it's, – it's, for me, it was all about Dak Prescott because as far as Tom Brady goes and Gronkowski and some of the other guys that played well in the game, I wasn't worried about them. I was just worried about a guy who had been off for 11 months, didn't necessarily have any preseason, even though I said many times over over the last month or so – uh, during the training camp in preseason that Dak Prescott did not need to have any preseason to still be sharp because he was getting the work uh, taken care of and getting it done in training camp. And you could clearly see that. I know a lot of people was worried, oh, his shoulder. But the whole time the Dallas Cowboys and their training staff and, and, the, and the head coach as, long, as well as Jerry Jones continued to say, we're not worried about Dak. But then when you get a chance to see him live and in person, on television, that was one of those deals you say, I wonder how he's going to play. And then all of a sudden, a couple scrambles, zipping the ball a few times. It was like, oh, okay, I got what I wanted. That first, when, when, when the Bucks punted and the ball got like on the two-yard line for Dallas and Dak had that first pass attempt, I was like, oh, okay. Like considering the Bucks front seven, like, I, we, we talked about this yesterday, Max. I knew that Ezekiel Elliott would probably have less carries in this ballgame. Only had 11 last night. But Mike McCarthy obviously placed the game in the hands of Dak Prescott. 58 pass attempts. 58 pass attempts, Key. And Evan Wilner, our producer, I give him credit. He's been talking about it for the last couple of weeks. And I know I picked Josh Allen at the beginning of the year, Key, to be my MVP. But if Dak plays like that, I might be jumping on the Dak Prescott MVP train. Well, I'm telling you, man, that that was special last night. You talked about Dak's and his injury. We talked about it better yet. Being able to see him have the confidence to scramble, slide, move around in the pocket, pull the ball down, run out of bounds, use his head where a year, two years ago, 
that wasn't the case getting out of bounds and doing those sort of things because mm -hmm. he didn't protect himself like he protected himself last night. But that that for me, Max, though, was really just zooming in on him. That was really so. Let me ask you, you this: knew about, you knew about everything else, right? I mean, you had to know that the right side of the offensive line, Jay Max, wasn't going to be up to par. I also thought that they would get more pressure from a defensive standpoint, but they clearly didn't. That's why. He well, that was the difference yards. in the. By the way, that's the difference in One the game. Time, yeah. One defense was able to get pressure, and and if you give Tom Brady all day to throw, and he has those receivers, good luck. But let me ask you this: a lot of people saying that's the best Dak Prescott's ever looked. Key, you just said he's doing things now to protect himself that he didn't do a couple of years ago. Is this, all things considered, the best you've seen Dak look? You know, I, I'm, I'm not going to do the, 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 the <laughs> he looked good because he showed up last night after 11 months and this is the best he's ever looked because that's not factually true, right? It's just not, Max. And I understand people see something that they haven't seen in a very long time and they start screaming and hollering, oh, this is, I've never seen him this way. I'm sure I can go back into the archives and watch games and say Dak Prescott looks really good. Oh, I'm good. sure. But what I'm saying is there is a maturity that comes. You just pointed one thing out. Well, yeah, but that's true. But you didn't say maturity, right? And that maturity came because he, would, he, he got rid of this Superman cape, so to speak, mm -hmm. based on the injury. And I think the injury was against the Giants, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so he got rid of that injury. And so now, all of a sudden, he feels like, okay, I've got to now protect myself to a whole other level so now I have to play mature, much like you mentioned, get my little tail out of bounds. I got to slide down. I can't try to run over guys and do those things. So he looked different as far as that goes. Jay, let me, add, let me rephrase it for you then. Considering what he just said mm -hmm. and considering how good he did look, if you had a football team and you're looking for a quarterback, is this version of Dak Prescott the one you would want versus the Dak Prescott pre-injury, considering the maturity? Easily. I mean, that's not even a question, Max. I mean, just watching, watching the way he led last night, and, and I give Mike McCarthy a lot of credit here because obviously he put Dak in that situation. They trusted the secondary for the Bucks. I mean, they had issues. Jordan Whitehead was out. Okay, he had that hamstring issue. You talk about Sean Murphy button dislocated that elbow, which was nasty, by the way. Key, I don't know if you saw that, but that was. And then Mike Edwards, I mean, he had issues too. So, I mean, they, they were able to pick on people here and there, and Dak Prescott – just constantly went through his pro progressions. And even though they didn't have Zach Martin, even though McGovern was there, there was still there was constant pressure on him. So for him to step up in the pocket, to see it from the weak side constantly, I, I, was, I was blown away by the performance I saw from Dak. Let's game. hear from Dak Prescott. Listen to what he said after the loss. Uh, we, we fought hard. We fought all the way to the end. That's a good football team they were playing. Um, they, they got us by a field goal right there. We've got to be better situationally um, in the red zone. Um, defense did a great job giving us chances when we uh, didn't convert touchdowns or field goals or getting us the ball right back. Uh, they did an incredible job, and um, we'll get better because of this one. Obviously, it was tough. Um, tough anytime you don't, you don't win, as I said, it's the expectations for, um, for this team, for myself, and uh, yeah. It's time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Key, so all things considered, yeah, they lost, but I'll tell you what, today I think more highly of the Cowboys yes. than I did yesterday. And what about you? Or did the Cowboys, are they more or less what you thought? Are they a little better? Or are they a little worse? I, I think they're they a better football team than they were a year ago. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing them midway. I wasn't, I mean, I hate to say I wasn't ever concerned, but I've always said that 
if you've ever listened to our show, I've always said I'm not worried. They're going to be a better team. I'm not worried about that. It's, it, the defense played well. They played well enough to win the football game. Dan Quinn did a hell of a job at putting things together. They're still growing, though. They're still learning each other. They're still learning how to twist and stunt. They're still learning how to grab the offensive lineman to let another dude get around. They're still communicating in the secondary. By the time you get to week six, seven, eight, you'll see an even more improved defense. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm like, okay, I, I walk away with this one as, what do you call it in golf, uh, Jay Mulligan or something uh, like yeah, that? Mulligan. Yeah, it's a Mulligan. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mulligan. so you get, you, they get one of those. Jay, what about you? I, I look at that team last time, like, oh, that, that team can win the NFC East. It should win the NFC East easily. Yeah. I should. I, I don't know. Let's defense, see the rest that, of the. Let's I, see the rest. I, less, I, I mean, you know. I, I understand, but yeah. I mean, that that was a that was a high level game last night. There was a I mean, lot we're of talking, passing in we're, that we're game. We're talking about a Tampa Bay team that just won a Super Bowl, yep. and their first game back at the same location. They won the Super Bowl with a packed crowd, and you have that performance on the road. And if that defense only gets better, that offense is prolific. Well, that's straight talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. Jay, you mentioned the one decision from Mike McCarthy. That may have cost, depending on how you look at it, the Cowboys the win. See if anyone disagrees. We'll get to that after Jay has this from, from Indeed. Running your own business requires a lot of running around, doesn't it, Key? From bookkeeping to client meetings, you run it all. By the time you need to hire, you run out of energy. <laughs> Luckily, with Indeed Instant Match, you immediately receive a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description the moment you sponsor a job. According to TalentNest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. Hiring can finally run smoothly with Indeed. To learn more, visit Indeed.com slash credit. Dak threw the ball 58 times, Damian. Dak looked as good as we've ever seen him. How helpless a feeling is it when you know that Brady's getting the ball back with that kind of time? We're sitting there watching the game. We're both thinking, you've left too much time for a 12. There's a lot of big games, but the first biggest game of the year is Thursday night. Touchdown, Tampa Bay, the first of 2021. Prescott's first touchdown since last October. What an answer by Brady in the box. Godwin, fumble the ball. Recovered by Lewis in the end zone. For the lead. Cowboys take the lead by one. Back shoulder throw, and he makes the snag on his hip. The kick by Suckup. It is good. How about them Buccaneers defending? The Super Bowl championship. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio, ESPN2, Sirius XM, Channel 80, and your smart speaker. By the way, Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max is presented by Progressive Insurance, and all guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. Okay, so, as we all know, the Bucks beat the Cowboys with, uh, for the first time ever, Tom Brady had a game-winning drive. Huh, who'd have thunk <laughs> it? Shocking. Little, little Tom Brady with a game-winning drive. Um it's the 49th game-winning drive of his career. Um, really? The, 49. <laughs> 49. Jeez. Matches his age. <laughs> 49th game-winning drive of his career. But does he even get that chance if, if Mike McCarthy doesn't kick a, you know, opt to kick the field goal? Um, so, so let me ask you this. It's four, it was fourth and six at, at the Tampa Bay 30. What do you make of the decision, Key, by McCarthy to kick the field goal? And then the play calling. On that final drive, 
Well, I think it's both, right, Max? The, the kick the field goal, right decision. Play calling, I question, um, because when you think about it, they cross the 50 after the Chris Godwin fumble. They get it on the 10. They get down there, a couple big plays by CeeDee Lamb. CeeDee Lamb was cooking at that point in time, so I think they got a little excited. What they should have been doing is matching plays that would both give them the yardage but also eat up the clock, meaning don't throw the ball when you're going to get incompletions. Although your running game wasn't working to be able to gash the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but it all starts bad at about a minute. I want to say it was about a minute 50, minute 51 in the game uh, in clock stoppage because there was an incomplete pass. Evan, I want you to do me a favor. Give me that timeline really quick, if you can, of when the clock stoppage started at the 150-ish mark with C.D. Lamb. Yeah, so so they had a third down 11 pass to Lamb for 31 yards across midfield. Then they, they took the timeout with 151. The next play was a incomplete pass to Lamb. Then they ran it with Zeke for four yards. Tampa took a timeout there. Mm-hmm. So if they hadn't thrown the incompletion, they would have forced Tampa to take the timeout, obviously, on first it, down. And yep. then they, they passed to Zeke, and he got pushed out of bounds. See that, so, And then okay, there was so, also holding on that play. So that was, again, the clock stopped. So here you go again, no Max and Jay. You 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 throw the ball after after you run the Zeke four. Now you're throwing the ball to a running back on the sideline who gets pushed out of bounds, but you also put the offensive lineman in a position to try to protect the quarterback. So therefore you get a hold. Now that completely moves you back from where you were, eating up the clock and running up the clock. If you would have just ran the ball to pick up those few yards that you tried to get by throwing it on the perimeter to your running back who went out of bounds, you wouldn't be put in that position. The clock would still be running, but they didn't do what the sense of urgency plays that they needed to to match the clock with the mindset of knowing, hey, that dude on the other sideline, what you say he got, 49 comebacks? They didn't. It didn't factor into their game planning when they were on the sideline in their two-minute situation and so the only Jay, option they had yeah, to do was kick the field but goal. Key, don't you think? Don't you think the way Kellen Moore was seeing Dak Prescott play? And I understand situational football. You, you run the ball, but, but I, I hear what you're saying. But just but, but Jay, trying see, trying to you, get a lead in that situation, trying to I understand what you were talking about throwing the ball to Ezekiel. No, but Elliott. wait, but wait. Here's 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 what here's what happens in that situation. So that you that you yeah yeah. Know, tell me, tell me, tell me. Is that you can force Tampa Bay to use another timeout? Mm. And now they don't have anything. And now all of a sudden you can pick and choose from your call sheet what the best runs are in that situation for you, although you were not getting the amount of yardage that you thought you would have been possibly getting throughout the course of the game. I, so look, this, I, this turns on. into I think, an indictment on coaching, on the coaching yeah, but, staff. Yeah, but let, let's go back for a second. I think that's a very good point that Key's pointing out. Like a lot of fans watching the game, what you get caught up on is – wait, there's a minute 24, whatever it was, you're giving Tom Brady back the ball because you opted to kick the field goal, and then all he needs to do is put the, the, the Bucks in the position to kick a field goal to win the game. Should you have go, gone for it on fourth down? And Key's saying, hold on, back up. Before you get there, there's play calling involved mm-hmm. on that final drive that put you in that position in the first place. I think that's the right point. Nevertheless, plays, Max. Yeah, no doubt, cool. no doubt. Nevertheless, you can't undo it once it happens. And there you are on fourth down. Now, my feeling was watching the game that 
Once they kicked the field goal, the game was over. Tom Brady was not, after winning the Super Bowl and opening it home against the Dallas Cowboys, going to fail on a over a minute left on the clock game-winning drive where all you got to do is put him in a position to kick a field goal, right? That wasn't going to happen. So I felt like, in a way, it was a white flag by kicking the field goal. So even, I understand, Key, what you're saying. You're right, mm-hmm. obviously. But let me ask you, Jay, is it the right choice at that point to kick the field goal. You can't undo the play calling beforehand. If you're down one, yeah, you kick the field goal. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't go for it. I, I kick the field goal. Key. I, mean, I, I think that was the right play. You got to kick, the, kick field the field goal. Because if you don't get the ball back. Ugh. I mean, you had three times. I, I, I believe they still had their timeouts, but still. You got to kick the field goal with a minute 24 to go. You, can't, you, you, you just can't take the chance that, oh, we're going to get the ball back and we're going to be able to to go back down on a Tampa Bay's defense that's probably going to tighten up at that particular situation yeah, in time. Or, or, or you can score. You know, you can score a touchdown. Like, fortune yeah, favors the bold. I, I know conventional wisdom is kick the field goal, but was let me ask – okay, let me ask you this, Key. Was Did you think that Dallas could win the game when you saw the time on the clock and Brady with the ball? I, I thought the game – like, I could have turned off the TV. That I knew, I knew Tampa was going to win. I – I thought they could see that's dip, you, you asked me a different question, a difficult question, right? Because at the say it's difficult because I thought they could win the game, but I knew damn well they wouldn't go win the game because I knew the right. other guy underneath the center, number 12, all he needed was about, I don't know, 50 yards to get in the field goal range on a couple big chunk plays down the middle, and all of a sudden he was going to be in field goal range to kick a field goal. They got more, 11-play drive. He didn't even need an 11-play drive. Mm -hmm. All he needed was probably five nice plays to put him in field goal position. Just so happened, here's what I would say, Max, now, and Jay. So I just had the conversation about Mike McCarthy and methodically moving the ball down the field and doing the right plays to take the clock down to a certain point. Guess what? Byron Lethwich called the right plays, but yeah. 11 play drive, methodically moving down the field and only left Dak Prescott with two seconds on the clock. They didn't go down and score quickly. They said, oh, okay, we're not going to leave any time on the clock left for Dak Prescott. We're just going to methodically use the field, the clock, go down, hit some chunks here and there, and get us in field goal range. You see, Ke- I, I, thought, I, I thought the Cowboys leading up to that drive, they had a legit shot to win the game. I thought they had a legit shot yeah, to win they, the game. They, 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 were, they were right there. They were right they, there. But <laughs> but once once Mr. Epitome of situational football got the ball, <laughs> like I knew that was going to be game over. And we can talk about so why do you that say was. They ha- why do you say they have to take the points with the field goal if we all felt the same way at that point? Like, Aki, I appreciate your point. It's obviously correct. You have to examine what leads up to that moment. Nevertheless, you arrive at that moment. Now what are you going to do? Are you just going to be like, well, you got to take the points in this situation. You got to kick it. Knowing it's Brady is going to beat you. Knowing you he's going to beat you. You got to kick it. In, in certain situations, if you go back several years ago, Max, and, and, and Evan, your brain is, is sharper than mine. If you go back several years ago, the Indianapolis Colts was playing the New England Patriots, and Bill Belichick was backed up, and it was fourth down. This was a while ago. And they threw the ball to Kevin Falk, backed up because he did not trust his defense to stop Peyton Manning. So he was like, uh-uh, I'd rather go for it than lose this game to Peyton Manning, and they wind up losing anyway. I don't know if you remember that play or not, 
But that play was a big, big moment in both Brady as well as Bill Belichick's career about decision-making. They didn't convert, but at the, in the end, they had to go for it to make sure to keep the ball away from Peyton Manning. Has one Super Bowl contender already lost their chance to win it all before a game is even played? That's after Key has this from Goodyear. It's your favorite time of year as we're back traveling the road of college football. And Goodyear knows the passion and the excitement it takes to drive forward. Whether your team is home or away, the game's traditions are still the same. Through every first down, touchdown, or fourth quarter comeback, by moving anything is possible. Goodyear is here to drive you forward on the road that moves us all. Goodyear, more driven. Running back Gus Edwards and cornerback Marcus Peters, both with season-ending torn ACL. The Ravens now have had three running backs go down with season-ending injuries in the span of 12 days. We're talking J.K. Dobbins, Justice Hill, now Gus Edwards, Marcus Peters, and don't forget Rashad Bateman Rashad did the, Bateman. Groin, the groin as well. Oh, yeah. The Ravens now have had three running backs go down with season-ending injuries in the span of 12 days. Just like that, huh? Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. We're going to get to the Ravens' major injuries, but first we're asking at Key J and Max on Twitter, what game are you most looking forward to watching this weekend? Be a part of KJM Nation on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed or call in line 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776, ESPN Nation, presented by Dr. Pepper. College football's back, so are the fans. Return to glory with Fansville by Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. All right. What's the one game you guys are looking forward to seeing this weekend? Go ahead, Key. Oh, remember, it's the it's the New Orleans Saints um, Green Bay Packer game. Jameis, I want to see Jameis. I, I I'm really interesting interested to find out what he is right now with the New Orleans Saints at the quarterback spot. Um, I think it's it's going to be important for him to get off to a fast start. It, it's just you know because there's so much there was so much doubt about his maturity as well as his play. Um, on the field and what Sean Payton would be able to do with him. So I wanna, I'm going to watch him closely given the fact that we don't have, they don't have Michael Thomas in the lineup. Can he make the necessary adjustments to, you know, handle the offense the same kind of way Drew Brees did? Jay? I'll keep it in AFC North. I'll, I'll go with the Steelers, Steelers and Bills. You know, I, I'm high on the Bills this year. I like their trio. Uh, wide receivers. I think they have the talent. Obviously, people always question their running game. I think Devin Singletary can, can bring that. Obviously, Josh Allen runs for a ton of yards per game. Um, we'll talk about whether Josh Allen or Dak Prescott, you know, for that MVP conversation. But I, the Steelers are an interesting team. Yes, they don't have an O-line, uh, but they were one of the hottest teams in the NFL last year before they went a downward spiral. And, you know, Obviously, they interviewed they Mike defense. Tomlin the other day. Their defense is there. They just signed T.J. Watt, uh, one of the largest contracts in NFL history, $80 million guaranteed. 
So just to see how they continue to play in the AFC North, I think with what's happening with Baltimore, we just talked about, you know, them not really having a running back. It's going to be a lot that that division is open to me to a degree. I know the Browns are the favorite by far. I just wonder if the Browns can continue to be consistent with where they were last year and build upon that, which I think yeah, I don't can. know if the Browns were the favorite by far. I would I also favor the Browns in that division by a little. I you know well we're going to get to the Ravens in a second. Uh, Chiefs and Browns to me. I mean, that could be the AFC championship game. We don't know. By the end of the year, we could look at those two teams as the best in football. We don't Mm -hmm. know. Like, there's a lot of football to play. But on paper, the Browns look really, really good. If if Odell and Baker are on the same page this year, they could take that next step. And they're going to have to – you know, the next step is going to have to be getting past the Chiefs who, you know, every year they just revamp the offensive line. uh, As a Giants fan, Key – like, I've been waiting for Gettleman to rebuild the line for 10 years. These dudes in Kansas City, oh, we need to, we need to fix the line. Like, overnight, they bring in Orlando Brown. They sign Tooney. They draft, draft Humphrey. They, 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 they uh, sign Bly. Like, all of a sudden, what, hold on, how come other teams who need offensive lines can't do something like this? They put it together. Together, so I'm I'm really looking forward to that game. Good good personnel decisions. I mean, Orlando Brown was out there. Everybody knew he wanted to be moved, but your trade partner is important. What are you willing to give up? Maybe Dave Gettleman felt like his left tackle spot was secure. He didn't need to move (laughs) and get Orlando Brown, and maybe the price for him was too high. Mm -hmm. Just you know, but the Kansas City Chiefs didn't feel that way. Kansas City Chiefs felt like we need to protect our five hundred million dollar quarterback, so we need to do whatever. We need to do and get whatever we need to get to be able to do that. You got to bring it to get it. You got to bring it to get it. Would you would you agree with me or are you more Max's side that they're the Browns are a slight favorite to win that division or do you think it's theirs to lose? Uh, it, it, it on paper they seem like they got the the most talent, um, but talent can only take you so far if that talent can't transition on the field and do the things that they need to do. Then, you know they're going to be key, in key, hold a similar on for a situation. With, with what Pittsburgh's lost up front, I mean, not having Bud Dupree, Maurice Pouncey retired. I mean, it, yeah, a lot of questions there. Baltimore, I it's know questions. It's I know, questions. but J.K. Dobbins, J.K. Dobbins. You know, now but we're talking wait, about them signing. But it's questions, right? It's it's questions. That's all it is. But they got a coach on the sideline who has never been under five hundred as a coach in Pittsburgh. They got a quarterback that says he's healthy again, and people seem to think he's healthy again. They got the three receivers, Washington, Johnson, Claypool, that's four, as well as Juju Smith coming back. They got the most dominant running back in the draft in Najee Harris. So it's kind of like – And key, and they got a coach who no matter what – That's what I said. They got a coach. But not just a coach, but a coach who no matter what doesn't have a losing season. No excuses. That's what I said. No Roethlisberger. Nothing. Not a losing season. Never, never in his never career. Been under, never been under 500. So it's like, I, I think Cleveland is. The favorite? I, th- I think Cleveland wins the division. Thank you. Okay. I think they I win the division, but it's not going to be easy. This is not, we're not so looking at So along those lines, hang in, Jay. Along easy, those lines. Wait, hold on, Max. It's not one of those situations where you're looking at the New England Patriots of old and then everybody else in the AFC East. That's not this. This is going to be tight. Right. It's going to be real, real tight. Right. One ga- So along those lines, we need to get to this now. There's one game this weekend we're all looking forward to is Monday Night Football, um, Ravens-Raiders. 
but the Raiders, sorry, the Ravens, keep getting hit with injuries. The, it's cornerback Marcus Peters now and running Jeez, back Gus Edwards. B- b- season-ending torn ACLs in practice, sources told ESPN's Adam Schefter. Peters went down with a knee injury first, and Edwards was injured a few plays later, according to a source. Um, Ravens coach John Harbaugh called an end to practice, the source added. J.K. Dobbins tore the ACL in his left knee in the preseason finale August 28th. Justice Hill also hurt an Achilles tendon. Ravens have added Devontae Freeman and Le'Veon Bell to the practice squad. If this was five years ago, they'd be impossible to beat. What does this mean for Lamar Jackson, right? Like, that is I, so true. Okay, how come they didn't sign? Uh, are they going to get Latavius Murray? I mean, he just got cut by the Saints, right? It seems like a feasible option since he's available, right? Yeah, I think Latavius Murray is 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 a good one. Um, but if you if we're just talking about the running back spot to replace somebody, I was talking to Evan last night, and we were going over some stuff. And so I said to him, I said, and I said to you guys, I said, you know, if I'm in that room, and I don't know what Mark Ingram's situation was, why he departed or why they let him go other than injury, I would kick the tires on that and find out if I could trade back for him. Because in Houston, he would, I mean, like, come on, seriously? He's not, I mean, he's getting a check. He's going to play well, get a check. They're not going anywhere. But if you go back to Lamar's MVP year, who was the running back? Mark Ingram. Who knows the offense? Mark Ingram. So you're bringing other people in that have to get up to speed on what they do. And so I'm like, well, why not give up a, a late-round pick? And we've seen teams and coaches do this before. Go back and get a guy that was with you once before because you give up a draft pick and you get him and you absorb the salary, and now you don't have to teach all over again. But question to you guys, what's the most important injury to this team? Is Secondary. It, is it Marcus Peters? Peters. Or is it the running game? Peters. 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 I mean, they're running game. Like, you know, who's their most dominant runner? It's the quarterback. And, and, and I'll yeah, tell you he something. Can't, he can't run no max without them dudes behind him. No doubt. Mark Ingram, by the way, also used to dominate the press conferences. Let's not forget about that. But that's <laughs> real because he and, like, he, he and Lamar obviously had a thing going. And so I agree, Key. That's, that would be – you would want to at least kick the tires there. Yeah, who, but I, who I, now – who now – I want to focus on the AFC North for a second because we're just coming off – talking about the Steelers and the Browns and now the Ravens. What does this mean for these other teams? Does this mean, does this mean that the Steelers are now the primary threat to the Browns if we see the Browns as the number one team in the division? Does this mean anything for the Bengals, Key? Well, the Bengals, in, the Bengals is going to be sitting in <laughs> yeah, last. fourth. Yeah, right. yeah they're yeah, they right. sitting in fourth, not man. Not in that conversation. Um, it just it puts the pressure on the Ravens though. That's really all it does. It just puts more pressure on the Ravens because we talk about all the injuries that they've lost, but we've now they lose Marcus Peters, but let's remember Matt Judon left in free agency. He was an important piece to what they do on the defensive side of the ball. So when you start to think about with the injuries and the people that departed to go to other places, They've got a lot of stuff that they need to replace, so it just it it just puts more pressure on the Ravens. But I think the Cleveland Browns, to answer your question, is above everybody else, but not not a hundred yards in front, just a yeah. few. I agree with that, Jay. I, I I disagree with you guys both. And uh, look, I, I just 
the, the talent that the Browns have, they are by far the superior team with what's happened in that division. And they're healthy. He just laid out all the injuries we've had to the Baltimore Ravens. We talk about what Pittsburgh lost in the offseason. Granted, Ben Roethlisberger, Najee Harris, we'll see what that O-line can open up. And I'm not discounting Mike Tomlin at all. I'm just saying, if we're talking about what Tampa Bay or what Dallas looks like on paper, and I know that these divisions are fights, when you look at what the Browns have, even what they added defensively, right, in Malik, and you talk about Jadavian Clowney, and we're talking about Miles Garrett being up for Defensive Player of the Year, offensively, the way they run the ball with Kevin Stefanski, Key, you're saying one of the best coaches they've had in Cleveland for a long time. It's theirs to lose. I don't understand how you guys aren't agreeing with me on I that. I think it's going to be a tight division because you have you, Pittsburgh and Baltimore are always competitive franchises. I don't think they're not going to be competitive, but I'm with you. We all agree the Browns are the class of the division, at least on paper. The Ravens are hoping Lamar Jackson can get into the zone without three of his top running backs. How many running backs do you have? Without your three running backs. Get in the zone is brought to you by AutoZone. Get in the zone, AutoZone. <coughs> Dan Graziano joins us on the Goodyear Hotline, brought to you by Goodyear, making the plays that move you forward. Goodyear more driven. Dan. Let's let's do hot news or not news. Ravens lose Marcus Peters and Gus Edwards to season-ending ACL injuries. Hot news or not news? It's hot news, man. They're almost out of running back. This is, this is the, the team that wants to run the ball more than any other team in the league, and they're down to their third or fourth string running back. They, I mean, this is, it's tough. The running backs can be found. They can get guys. There's guys out there. They can still sign Latavius Murray's out there. You guys are talking about Mark Ingram. They've already got Le'Veon Bell and Devontae Freeman, but none of those guys are part of their program. And none of those guys were guys they were counting on. And if they liked those guys better than the guys who got hurt, they would have already been on the team. They have a problem. Yeah, Dan, it's super hot, right? It's about a thousand degrees hot up in Baltimore right now. And they need running backs to help Lamar Jackson out. And much like you said, they don't have anybody. They just don't. They want to run the football. That is what the foundation of the Baltimore Ravens, that's what they are. They run the football down your throat, and they play solid defense. They lose the top dude on defense in the secondary, and Marcus Peters, he is, he's accounting yeah. for 31 interceptions over the last five seasons. I think that is, like, highest in the NFL in that time span. So this is extremely hot. Dan, do you agree with me? Are the Browns by far the best team in the AFC North? Browns are the best team in the AFC North, but I don't know about by far because Max's point he was just making about track record with the Steelers and Ravens is not to be overlooked. Mike Tomlin's never had a losing season. John Harbaugh's only had one. These are guys that can figure out their problems. The Browns look great, but they've proven a lot less than those, those other two teams right, have. Okay. Hot right. news or not news, T.J. <laughs> Watt agrees to that four-year, $112 million <laughs> extension. Take that L, man. I uh, know. I news. took it, Key. I took it. <laughs> hold that. Hold that. So, so hot news or not news, $112 million extension, four years for T.J. Watt. It's hot news. I mean, this is one of the best players in the whole league on either side of the ball. So it's important that they got this done. He was, he was very cautious about this contract. He did not participate in training camp practices, didn't want to put himself at risk. Uh, but, you know, he was back there this week, and obviously he thought things were going well. And this is, this is the kind of deal that, uh, that makes him happy, tells the other guys on the team, we're going we're gonna to make our guys happy. And, you know, if you look at the structure of this deal – he got one over on the Steelers. The Steelers don't guarantee money in contracts beyond year one. In this one, they did. And the only th- guy on the team they've ever done that for before is Ben Roethlisberger. See, it's not news to me. It may be news to newsmakers and to the fan base. It's not news. 
The guy's going to play. He was going to play this year, and they were going to eventually give him his money at some point in time. Whenever you have the defensive coordinator, and, and Dan, correct me if I'm wrong, you never hear assistant coaches talk about contracts in the public, especially in the Pittsburgh Steelers organization. So the moment that they talked about his contract and his holdout, I knew, I'm like, oh, Pittsburgh going to give him the money for sure. Not news. They're going to give him whatever he wants. Hot news or not news, Jeff? No, not news. I mean, this is why Ben Roethlisberger gave up money, right, for them to sign guys like T.J. Watt. He That's why came he out and it. said it. That's why you do it. He came out and said it. Keyshawn, J. Will and Max is presented by Progressive Insurance. We're playing Hot News or Not News with Dan Graziano. Michelle Tafoya reported that Dak Prescott will have an MRI every two weeks to keep an eye on his shoulder. Hot news or not news? Not news. I mean, they're sticking with what worked, right? Like they, they did this during, the, during training camp. They told us it was routine. It was just to assess where things were with the shoulder. Everything that they told us in training camp looked last night like it was true. So I think we can keep the, taking the Cowboys at their word on this, and they're going to manage this issue in a way that makes sure that it doesn't get, uh, it doesn't get worse. Yeah, it's not, it's not news to me. I believe in their medical staff in Dallas. I played there, Jim Maurer, the head trainer, along with Greg and, and, and those guys over there, Dr. Me Cooper too. and that Me whole too. staff. I'm, I'm just <laughs> like, okay, that's fine. I, I, I know you're telling the truth because think about this. There's not, and Jay, you know this by being in the NBA. There's not a lot of players around leagues that go to other teams and trust their doctors. The mm-hmm. Dallas Cowboys, Dan, as you know, or one of those teams that people actually fly in to meet with their medical staff. It's like the Phoenix Suns. People fly to Phoenix to get their opinion on different things. Not news. I'm with you guys. Yeah, it's not news. They're they're doing they're keeping an eye protocol. on protocol. That's what you do. They're, maybe it'd be news if they just didn't look. It wouldn't be news, but it should be if they didn't look it's at a it good at all. Nugget. Be negligence. Good nugget from Michelle, but you know, not not shocking or anything like That's that. That's right. Yeah. That was better. What Keith <laughs> just said about the Dallas medical staff is more news than them checking on them every two weeks. Um, hot news or not news? How about this one, Dan? Dak Prescott's Week One performance. I mean, it's hot news. Like I, this was, we talked about this all summer. What's he going to be like? Is he going to be okay coming off the ankle? Is the shoulder going to be okay? He threw, he threw for four hundred yards, I and mean, yeah, they lost the game. But what was not to like about Dak Prescott's performance last night? I don't think he's going to throw the ball that much. Tampa Bay's got a monster run defense, and obviously they went in with a plan that the only way to try and beat them was to throw it. But the fact that he was able to do it at the level he did is very encouraging for the Cowboys. This is one of those other hot news 200 degrees, right? Because of 2,000 degrees, because much like Dan said, we all wanted to see what he was. We heard he was doing well. He said he was doing well. He looked well throwing the ball on certain video clips. But until you get those live bullets go to flying, you got to duck and dodge and run and slide and do some of the things that he was capable of doing last night, we had no idea. So it's certainly encouraging in his hot news. And and I'll remind you guys, and I'll say it again, Tampa Bay is going to see Dallas at the end of the year. You watch what I tell you. Mm. Key, you know me. I had my my white doctor jacket on last night. I was all in the video about the ankle. How's he moving? Is he planting right? I mean, everything looked good. I mean, for, for me, there was no drop-off. It actually seems like Dak got better than where he was last year before he got hurt. Yeah, I'll say hot news, but not because – like, I expected Dak to be Dak, right? If anything, that's the, that was like the best version of him. That's the most you could hope for, I think. I don't know if that's the best version I of thought, Dak. I but, think he could still get a lot better, well, which is Maybe scary. if he can get better than that, that's saying something because he played really, really, really well. Really well. And, that interception, and that interception was not on him. Hot you news or not news. Got to make that catch, man. Hot news or not news. Steve Spagnola says Tyron Matthews' status is 
up in the air Sunday after his positive test for COVID-19. So it's hot news on a couple of levels, right? First of all, not having Tyron Matthew against the Browns, a Browns offense that we think is going to be pretty hard to stop, could be a big deal for the Chiefs in a game that, you know, if, if both teams are really good, could matter in terms of where teams are seated in the playoffs, et cetera, et cetera. But the other thing is, like, this COVID situation is going to hover over the league all year. Tyron Matthew, as far as we know, is a vaccinated player, which means he could return after two negative tests with 24 hours in between. But that also assumes he's asymptomatic. It also assumes the doctors are okay clearing him. This is, these are issues that are going to continue to come up, and this is a prominent example of one right here in week one that could affect the Chiefs' chances to win this game. Yeah, it's, it's hot news because the Honey Badger is the leader of the secondary. They're going up against a high-octane explosive offense that gets OBJ back. They run the ball extremely well. The play-action pass is important. Play-action pass, ball in the belly of the running back. The first thing, the eyes of the defender in the secondary at safety, he takes a step forward, he looks in the backfield, ball over his head. A guy like Ty uh, Honey Badger doesn't allow that to happen, so it'll be interesting to see if he doesn't play what the replacement guy does. Hot news, Dan, when I caught COVID with the Delta variant, I tested positive for three weeks. Three yeah. weeks. So those back-to-back oh. tests, I mean, even though I didn't have any symptoms, three weeks, that's hot, the crazy part. Hot news that's an impact player on defense, and you're going to need him. That's hot news. How much has our opinion changed of the Cowboys? After week one, that's coming right up. Keyshawn, J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio, ESPN2 on television.